The Toronto Raptors are one win away from winning an NBA championship. Kyle Lowry is one win away from winning an NBA championship. The Toronto Raptors have shocked the entire NBA world in Game 4 when against all odds they picked up a huge road win against a slightly more healthy Golden State Warriors team. Now the Larry O'Brien Trophy is looking for a passport so they can travel up to Canada. I'm excited. We got a great episode coming up for you guys. How's everyone doing? Pick and Pot is back. We'll talk a little bit about Game 3 and 4, but more so how the Raptors can close this baby out and have that championship parade on Dund- like right or- along Dundas Square. First off, the band is back together. Ogie is back. Kevin's here. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Ogie, what's happening, man? It's been a while. Hey, it's been a while, boys. Happy to be back. I mean, good timing. We're a, Like you said, we're a win away from the Larry O'Brien Trophy. I, I don't even want to think about what the streets of Toronto are going to look like tomorrow night. Dude, are we going to Jurassic Park tomorrow? Is that still happening? I think it is, man. But judging by reports, we're going to have to get there super early. Dude, I'm, I'm de- I don't care. Dude, I'm going to be there by noon. Yeah. And that might mean. like that might still be a little late. Wait, but like yeah. the way it kind of works there at Jurassic Park is there's two zones. So even if zone A is like all clogged up, there's always zone B and there's like massive TVs down there. So you can see everything and like the vibe is insane. So like I'm going down there at like 12. I'm going to just spend my day there waiting for the Raptors to hopefully close this one out. So I hope to see you there. Don't bail out on me this time. Man. I think I'll be there, man. I can't wait. There we Shout go. Out. Shout out Kevin, to the how's it going? Oh, man, you know me. I'm doing great. Um, had, had some legs today. Also, PSA out there for people that are listening and that go to the gym. If you use a machine, clean it up after you're done using it and put the plates away. Be a decent human being. Other than that, found a new uh, brownie recipe doing that, watching a lot of hockey. I recently got into baseball. Uh, you know, Ogie, that's why, that's why I'm going to cheer for uh, Chicago Bulls. Hey, Ogie, if you ever wonder what the other 28 team fans do this time of year. Oh, my good. God. This you guys had one really good year, and all of a sudden, you're too good for us. Whatever. Oh, I'm going to – One really One really good year. Come on. Okay, second what was the last time you made it to play? Okay, second round doesn't count. What was the last time you made it to finals? Last time? When was the last time the Bulls made it to the finals in your lifetime? Yo, Michael Jordan, baby. Dude, you Michael never... Jordan, I was still alive. <laughs> you 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 were just born. Yeah. There we go. But dude, we're just kind of riding the wave right now. And we have a ton to discuss. Game five is tomorrow. We're gonna be there. I don't know if Kevin Durant's gonna be there. Just looking at the reports and just looking at Twitter, there's so many conflicting reports, and I'm just developing so many trust issues about everything. So at this point, we don't know if Kevin Durant's gonna play. One report says that the earliest that the Warriors expected him to be back was game five all along. Other reports suggest that he's nowhere near game ready. It's, I believe it's like 10 o'clock on. Oh no, they're they're back in Toronto, so they should have gotten a practice in already. So they should kind of have a clearer idea of what Kevin Durant is doing. No idea if he practiced with live bodies, but <laughs> I guess we'll find out before before tip off tomorrow. But anyways, guys, before we get into Game Five and how the Raptors close this one out, let's go through Game Three and Game Four. Yep. Kevin, starting off with you, how do you think the Raptors performed these past two games? Before because last week we talked to Lior. Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit of hesitancy from like you and Lior about how the Raptors naturally. pull this out. Yeah, naturally. You have to because it's the Oracle. The Warriors have not lost in the Oracle since Game 7 of 2016. 
Exactly. The Raptors like, came in there and won two games. No, uh, I do. Yeah, go ahead, man. No, no, I, I, I mean, it's natural to feel doubt over there. Like, I want you guys to win. I'm not even a Raptors fan, but I want you guys mm-hmm. to win. Just purely because, as I said before, I don't want the Warriors to win. So, but if you look at the historical records, that's the thing. Nobody really wins at the Oracle Center. Just because that, yeah. that's where they have, they play some of the best games. But yeah. what you guys did over the past two games, you put your foot on the gas and you never let go. There was not, uh, there was only one quarter in the past two games where you guys had a deficit, basically. It was the first mm-hmm. quarter of uh, game four. But other than that, every other quarter, you uh, outscored them. You did mm-hmm. everything you had to do. And now you have Golden State Warrior fans coming out from left, right, center. With all the excuses they can conjure up at this point. Or like, oh, Clay wasn't in that game. Oh, Clay wasn't feeling well. Meanwhile, Clay actually tweeted, or actually, no, he responded today saying that his injury did not affect his game for, for performance. Mm-hmm. That, that had nothing to do with it. Warriors just played better basketball. Your depth showed at that point. Everyone was scoring. Mm-hmm. Danny Green came off shooting early really well, which is exactly what you said he needed to do. And that that panned out well for you guys. Mark Gasol, Kyle Lowry played really well. Draymond Green, game, uh, game three, first quarter, end of it. He had that and one, and he was like, ah, this is me. He started flexing. Yeah. He was like, I'm, I'm going to take this game over and then, you know, trash the rest of the game. But, yeah, you, dude, you guys were the better team. That's all. D- yeah, dude, Draymond Green, you flex in our face. You put your ass in your place, dude. <laughs> dude, that's bars right there, man. I was saving that for this pod. Um, <laughs> that's why I was like, sitting on it for the past week. <laughs> on, dude, honestly, yes, we record once yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. So every time I think of something like brilliant, I just kind of sit there going like, I can't do anything for the next week because if I do something remotely productive, I'm just going to yeah. forget all about this joke. But. Yeah. That being said, and I'm going to throw this over to you in a little bit, in, in a second, Ogi. Game three, it seemed like the Raptors had a handle of that game the entire time. Because of the injuries, obviously Steph Curry went off, but by himself, he just couldn't get it done because the Raptors shot 50% from the field, 40% from, from the three-point line. They really, really honed in on defense, like really closing out on all the role players. DeMarcus Cousins was taken out of the game. Draymond Green wasn't that good. But then game four was just completely different because everybody w- – well, not Kevin Durant, but Klay Thompson came back healthy. And honestly, Klay Thompson was the best – the only guy – on that team, other than surprisingly Kevin Looney, who Kevon Looney, who played really well in that game, nobody else played well. But the dude with the fractured collarbone, allegedly, and the dude with the hamstring strain, allegedly, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. Like Kevin said, first quarter, the the Warriors kind of dominated. But the thing is, the Raptors went into the second quarter trailing by six points. Yeah, that was insane. Like going yeah. into the half. Trailing only by four. And I think that that was the key. And I'm going to ask you this question, Ogi. Do you think the Warriors really lost that game in the first half, speaking of game four? Because the Warriors were supposed to be up by like 20 going into half, the way that game was going and the way the Raptors are shooting. Obviously, the Raptor defense was phenomenal all game. But did, the Warriors really, but did the Warriors really just lose that game in the first half by just not creating that distance? 100%. And if, if there was no scoreboard on that on the, on the screen while you're watching the game, I mean, at the end of the first half, you probably would have guessed that it was a 20-point game. Mm-hmm. The Raptors were not hitting shots. The Warriors were, were far more dominant team. Uh, mm-hmm. And the fact that it, it was such a small deficit was, was honestly astonishing. And look, I, I mean, I have a lot to say here, but 
when you think about it, four games in, the Raptors have outplayed the Warriors for 14 out of the 16 quarters thus far. So with the mm-hmm. exception of game, uh, the fourth quarter in Game 2 where they completely blew that lead and the first quarter of, of Game 4, the Raptors have been completely, completely dominating. And mm-hmm. it's, what really strikes me so far about this series is just the, the arrogance and almost the, the, the lack of respect that the Warriors continue to show to the Raptors. I mean, the mm-hmm. sense that I got in Game 3 is that they were just punting it away. That they were saying, you know what, go ahead, take the lead. Clay's not going to play. Uh, Looney's not going to play. Whatever happens, happens. After the game, you have Draymond Green saying, it's all good. We lost Game 3. We're going to win Game 4. We're going to go into Toronto and win Game 5. And then guess what? We're going to win the title on our floor in Game 6. We're going to celebrate. And it's all going to be fun and dandy after that. Guess what, Draymond? That's not happening, my man. <laughs> now you're down 3-1. Now you're going back to Toronto. And I sure, you, know, you, you sure hope that they're going to take things a little bit seriously now. I mean, I, I do not think they expected that performance from the Raptors in, in Game 4. And really, nobody did. I mean, you turn on any media station, with the exception of maybe Kendrick Perkins and a few other guys. And, <laughs> Across the board, you're hearing, oh, the Warriors are going to come out, blow the Raptors out in Game 4, Clay's back, this and that. But, I, I mean, everybody has really it, – it's, it's a reality. It's a reality shock. I mean, the Raptors are the real deal. Uh, I, we talked about this when we were previewing the series. The Warriors have not faced an elite defense in the finals in a long mm-hmm. time. The Cavs have had some amazing offensive teams, but now they're up – now they're really up to task with a team that plays both ends of the floor. And I mean, I guess one, one other thing that stood out is just the performances that the Raptors are getting from multiple players. I mean, in game three, you, you guys said it. You have Danny Green, you have Fred Van Fleet hitting shots. Serge Ibaka was absolutely incredible in game oh. four. On both ends of the floor, when he came on, he was an X factor. Uh, Marcus Saul has proved his, proven his value in this series with his play on defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, you know, from, from top to bottom, it's been a complete effort. Um, you know, no, no finals experience. Who cares? This team has shown up when it matters. And, and I'm honestly, I'm so t- This is the last thing I'm going to say. I'm so tired of all these excuses that the Warriors mm-hmm. are, you know, tired, that Duran isn't out, that if the Raptors win a title, it's going to be an asterisk, asterisk beside it because of the Warriors' health issues. Well, guess what? If you, if you want to put an asterisk on, on this year's Raptors title, then you sure as hell better put one on the last two Warriors titles because they won before Durant too. So when you add Durant and basically add another MVP to your team, then there sure as hell better be an asterisk beside that too. So no, no, none of this bullshit about the Raptors getting lucky and the Warriors with these excuses. I don't want to hear it, man. I've had enough of it. There we go. And honestly, man, like just watch it. Like I don't like to watch a lot of the American, what the American media says about the Raptors, especially during the playoff, during the playoffs, because like they literally don't watch this team play at all. And then they come out and sound like professionals talking about this team. And fact is, the Raptors played the Philadelphia 76ers. A lot of the media counted the Raptors out. The Milwaukee Bucks, I don't think anybody picked the Raptors to beat that team. No. We were the underdogs, especially down 2 nothing. They were digging a grave for us. Warriors series... Stephen A. Smith is like, the Warriors have so many shooters, something that the Bucks don't have. The Bucks have a lot of shooters. And frankly, the Bucks have more shooters than the Warriors do. There's just so many excuses. Like, you listen to guys like Max Kellerman, and the guy's like, who's going to be like Kawhi Leonard's Robin? You know, he's the Batman, who's the Robin? <laughs> like, dude, watch this team play. We don't need a Robin. This team, the thing that is so beautiful about how the Raptors play is how they play as a team. 
Exactly. Like you, watch the, you watch the Warriors play, and they're just not playing as one fluid unit like we've seen them play time and time again, like two years ago, a year ago, right? The Raptors play as a team. And Kawhi one, Leonard, one, thing, oh, one thing that yeah. I'll say on that note is I think the Warriors, I mean, when you have as much star power as they do, you start to kind of lack role players. And I think mm-hmm. I think we've really really seen that here. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna get big performances from Steph. You're gonna you're mm-hmm. gonna get big performances from from Clay. Draymond will pitch in here and there. But I think it's it's the it's the Fred Van Fleets, the Serge Ibaka's, the Marcus Sauls mm-hmm. that have dr- drastically outplayed, uh, you know, mm-hmm. guys like Looney and and Livingston and Iguodala. I, th- I think the depth for the Raptors has really really come into play uh, in this series, and it's shown. For sure. And I'm going to throw this over to Kevin in a second to talk a little bit about Game 4. But with these excuses, it's just getting insane. The, what people have to do is just admit that the Toronto Raptors are actually a phenomenal team, which they are. And I still think the Milwaukee Bucks are a really great team. The Raptors beat a really great Milwaukee Bucks team. I admit it. Philadelphia, they were a really, really good team. Yeah. The Warriors, really, really good team. Enough with the excuses. Call it like it is. Like the after Game Four, they're saying that the Warriors just ran out of gas. Uh, Steph Curry wasted too much energy in Game Three. It didn't show up. They played too many games over the past five years. Well, here's the thing, guys. Like the Warriors, yeah, they've been to the finals the past five years, but there's no NBA team that has played more games outside the Warriors the past five years than the Toronto Raptors. And quite like while the Warriors were like winning series in four or five games. Uh, leading up to the finals the past uh, five years, the Raptors have been going six, seven games the past five years, like consistently. And if anything, I'd say the Raptors' path to the finals has been more difficult than than the Warriors. Like 100%. the Warriors beat the, beat the Clippers in six games. Wasn't really any pressure in that series, other than that one game where they just choked. And they played. They swept the Portland Blazers in four games. They the, they beat the Houston Rockets in six. When the Rockets just completely checked out in game in the final game, you know, Raptors they went seven hard games with the Sixers. They went. It was a tough series against the Bucks. Like, come on, Kawhi Leonard has tendonitis. Freddie Van Vliet looks like a, a hockey guy now. Kyle Lowry's been playing the entire the entire past two rounds with a sprained thumb, and he has to shoot the ball and like control the offense and everything. Everybody is tired right now. Not a single person is not tired right now. So that being said, Kevin, mm-hmm. excuses aside, what happened in game four in the second half that just really swung the wave over for the Raptors? You guys just played better defense. You were hitting more. Like You, you just hit shots. They were missing out a lot of wide-open shots. Uh, the only people who can contribute on that team, if you look go through the box score itself, it's, it's just Clay and Curry. That's it. Other than that, everybody else, they'll be in single-digit scoring or something like that. Even game three, that was the biggest issue. Like, you, uh, um, you look at the game over there, you had Clay Thompson with 28 points, Curry with 27. Other than that, nobody else really contributed. The next highest scoring is Kevon Looney with 10 and Danny Green with 10 points. That's not good. And you have a Raptors team, the whole starting lineup, who scored really well. Danny Green was uh, uh, had a rough game on game four, but game three, he was lighting it up. I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons. And also, going back to your fatigue uh, point, I think it's one of the lamest excuses to use. You play for half the year. The other half of the year, it's basically a vacation. I get it. You train and everything like that. But it's not like you and me. 
a regular Joe out here putting like nine to five every day type thing. These guys have half the year to work out, which we do as leisure and recover. And you, you signed up for the sport for a reason. You're getting paid multi-million dollar contracts just to play through that fatigue and put on a show in a way. So mm-hmm. like, come on, don't hit me with that excuse. That's so stupid. And yeah, no, uh, Toronto just played a way better game. You guys hit way better, uh, way more shots. Kawhi Leonard, dude, you guys better give him everything you have just to make oh, sure, yeah. not even to stay stay the next year, just to appreciate everything that he's done for you. Because mm-hmm. without him, dude, oh yeah, be a different story, different story. One hundred percent, dude. Like even before, I don't know if I was talking to you or somebody else before Game Four. I said that if the Raptors were gonna win Game Four. They needed that massive game by Kawhi Leonard because in the first three games, like you're watching Kawhi play and like he's still putting up 30 points, but it's not those impactful like superhero games that we saw against the Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. And um, that, that, that's just that's just, just the thing that the Raptors really, really needed that in game four with Clay coming back, with Looney coming back, with the pressure on the Warriors to perform. And Kawhi really came out. Would you not agree? No, I, I, hundred percent agree. But also, you have to take in the fact that emotions were catching up. You look mm-hmm. at after Game Four, Raptors when they walked out, no emotions. If it, yeah. the team captain Kyle Lowry, he said, "Hey, you know what? We're not going to celebrate right now. We have another game coming up. After that, we'll do whatever." But you look mm-hmm. on the other end in Golden State, you have Draymond picking up technicals. You have guys just doing stupid things just because emotions are catching up at that point. And today, a news was released that um, uh, a writer for Athletic, I guess he got some information regarding uh, the angst that is growing in the Warrior locker room. After game four, a lot of players were getting upset because, you know, it's just a bunch of crybabies. Now it's like, hey, Kevin Durant, we supported you this long uh, regarding you sitting out. But now, why, why aren't you back in? We needed you tonight, but you weren't there. So it's just like, these aren't things that a rational person would say. But emotions are truly catching up at this point, and it's really showing. And I think that's a huge thing. You guys are so disciplined. Mm-hmm. have been for the past two games. Yeah. So it's and looking a little scary for the Warriors. Yeah, it's kind of remarkable, actually, because it the is. Warriors have been here before, correct? Exactly. But, but then the Raptors are just a team that just looks so poised, so just concentrated, so focused. Like, not a second do you look at this team and they're like, no, there's a lack of concentration here. Like maybe for like a little bit in game two coming out of the half when they overpressured Steph Curry and Clay Thompson got destroyed by back cuts. Other than that, just zoned in like professional. And you just see the Warriors playing game four and you can tell the emotions catching up to them. Like they're starting to get angry and they're flat out being out coach. And like I've said this multiple times on this podcast, I think Steve Kerr is an incredible head coach in this league, but I think McNurse is just completely out coaching him. And like the Raptors were missing open shots in the first half, but they were open shots because the Raptors, the ball movement that the Raptors displayed was there all along. So eventually those shots are going to fall. And I was talking to Ogie before uh, during the game. I'm like, they just got to keep taking shots, not be tentative because the ball movement is there. You're going to make the shots eventually because the Warriors are just not pressuring the shooters. Yeah, you can kind of tell how the Warriors just got a little annoyed in the second half. Like, 
like Nick Nurse even threw out that janky defense for a couple of, uh, for a couple of possessions there, the box and one in the in the second half, and it just completely shut down the Warriors again. Exactly. You yeah, Thompson. It out. was when it was when Thompson went out, and exactly. you had Curry on the floor with like Livingston mm-hmm. and Looney and a few other guys, and none of those guys are really going to create their own shot, and they're they're not real threats from the perimeter. So I thought that was an absolutely perfect time for uh, for Nurse to implement the box one. Also, I like the adjustment to kind of bring in Fred for the second half. I mean, Danny went, what, 0 for 6, 0 for 7 in the first half, hitting perimeter shots, and that, that can kind of be a buzzkill, right? When the ball's moving well, you're creating open shots, and, you know, you miss six of them. It leads to transition points for the Warriors. So I thought that that uh, substitution to bring in Fleet, Van Fleet to <clears throat> early on in the second half was obviously very helpful. Uh, you give the Raptors another playmaker, a guy who's been absolutely killing it from a three-point line in the playoffs so i'm with you man i you know as much as much acclaim that steve kerr receives nick nurse has shown up he's proven his value 100 percent. there's not a single person that's doubting uh nick nurse right now mm-hmm. and i just thought it was just so savage that after game three like you didn't see any of the box in one and you you heard like steve kerr and steph curry and the marcus cousins and draymond kind of like shitting on that defense saying how they haven't seen it since high school and they're like there's no way he's gonna do that again in game three and then game three happens no box in one and then game four you see the raptors are really pressuring the warriors defensively and then the offense is starting to pick it up the warriors are starting to get mad they take clay thompson out and then suddenly box in one yeah, and that wasn't a, I mean, that wasn't even a curveball. Curveball, that was like a Tim Wakefield knuckler there. Mm-hmm. It completely oh, yeah. caught them up. Talk dirty oh. to me. Talk baseball <laughs> to me. Yo, Kevin, you got some big news. What's up? Okay, so uh, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports just released a few minutes ago that Kevin Durant will practice today. So he's medically cleared to practice. So it's been mu- it's been quite some time since uh, he's actually put in a proper practice. So that, that's pretty big. So it looks like he might be suited up for game five. Yeah, yep, yeah, he's, let's see, Blake Murphy, Kerr says that Durant will get some extra work in with the team's younger players as well, and they'll figure it out from there. This is a step he hasn't done yet in the recovery. I mean, does that sound to you guys like he's going to play? Because it sounds to me like he's just starting to get in shape. I mean, I have no idea, dude. Keep in mind, like, DeMarcus Cousins isn't in any shape, yet he's played basketball in in, in all four games, right? And obviously, Durant's not really like a big boy in that sense. But yeah. I have I have no idea. I have so many trust trust issues with this team and this training staff. Like I don't even know what to expect. I'm just going down to Jurassic Park, going like, okay, just show me the starting lineup, and then I'll believe you. But I guess well, I think it's I think it's fair to assume that. Okay, I mean, let's say he does play. I'm not anticipating him obviously to be at 100, percent and I'm not anticipating him to play heavy minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be on a probably a severe minute restriction he'll be I, at the same time though it, it is kevin duran it is you know arguably the most talented player in the nba so i don't know man it, like you said we'll see what the lineups are i'm not quite sure what to expect from him I, he obviously hasn't played in a long time but again mm-hmm. it is kevin duran so okay so now but, he's like oh yeah go ahead kev no but i think th- i think he's gonna suit up for game five just because this team is desperate you have to understand like raptors as hungry as they are Warriors, they're hungry too because just the fact that they they have set up a legacy right now and they want to continue that legacy. It's not like they're satisfied with what they already have. And I'm sure KD would not be objective towards uh, a few more rings. Yeah. That I think that that's the thing. He's going to suit up. The fact that they even just released a uh statement that he's medically cleared for practice 
It's just me. I'm not sure if it's a mental game that they're trying to do. It could be mind games. Yeah, it could, it be, could mind be mind games. The Raptors. But at the same time, like I, they need KD more than ever right now. Hey, Kevon Looney, he's playing through a big injury. Boogie Cousins, he had a golf – no, not even a golf ball. He had a baseball where the quads should have been. He's somehow playing right now. And I think KD is going to come back. It's going to be nuts. But, Kevin, but, let oh, me ask, Kevin, let me ask you this. For sure, bro. Is KD more concerned with giving it his all and perhaps leading the Warriors to three straight wins to get another title? Or does he have – this summer, at the back of his mind, being healthy and locking mm-hmm. up, locking up a two hundred million dollar long term deal. What do you think his priority is? I mean, don't get me wrong; the money is awesome. One hundred percent, I would say uh, he needs the money. But I think he also cares about what people say. You know, it's always been the comparison regarding you know him and LeBron James, who's the greatest player, or whatever uh, that that's in the league right now. He's always been ranked number two by everybody. LeBron James, of course, naturally being one. And right now, with his own teammates doubting where his heart's at, like they're busting their balls on the court trying to establish his legacy. If they won without his effort in the finals, it would be based on uh, broken backs of the players that are on the court, not him. Even though KD has a huge factor on like getting them to that point, I'm not I'm not discrediting him from that. So I think the, the money is a huge factor, but also I think he cares about what people say. So he's going to come out there just purely because of ego. But Kevin and Ogie as well, like to answer that question too, are we really saying that? Let's say Kevin Durant plays in game in game five and say he tears an ACL. Let's say, God forbid, but let's say he tears an ACL. Are we really saying that the New York Knicks aren't going to come out in free agency and still not give him a max contract? They're going to be hesitant. No, well, it, look, if it's, if it's an Achilles, an Achilles is what ended Kobe's career. Yeah, but Kobe was thirty-seven. He was, but man, that's 35, a serious injury. That, that, that's, that's, that's the most difficult injury, basketball injury, to come back from. I, yeah. Yeah, I guess, but I just think with the way medicine is right now, like a guy like Kevin Durant can't come back from it. Like, dude, Clay Thompson literally tore his hamstring. That's what a hamstring strain is. And he pumps up on painkillers and he's out there like two, three days later, you know? Like, I just think with the way medicine is, like, I think he'll be fine. And with a guy like Kevin Durant, it's not like he needs that explosiveness and that athleticism to be really good. Kevin Durant has never relied on his explosiveness and athleticism. It's always been about the shot, creating that shot with the dribble, and just shooting over people. He's just such a great shooter. And also, one more thing to be hesitant before we get into Game 5 is, the the like realistically, DeMarcus Cousins wouldn't be playing if it was the regular season, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And just watching this series, the Raptors are going like eight deep per game, but they're actually going ninety because the Marcus Cousins has been one of the Raptors' best players. <laughs> like this guy has been absolutely horrible, except for like that third quarter. He's been unplayable. Like yeah. sometimes Danny Green's unplayable because he can't hit shots, but at least that guy plays some defense. The Marcus yeah. Cousins is being bullied, like Serge Ibaka. In the first half of game four, looked like Kyrie Irving doing like the little uh, crossover dribble at the top of the key, uh, at the top of uh, right in front of the three yeah. point just taking a fadeaway over to Marcus Cousins. Are you really letting Serge Ibaka make that shot over you? Like, he has no lift. He can't do anything at the rim. He's getting blown by offensively. Like, game three, pass, uh, Marcus Saul just drove right at. At, at DeMarcus Cousins, like he's 25, not 35 or whatever DeMarcus all is. Like DeMarcus Cousins has been absolutely useless. 
So the Warriors have to be mindful that, like, yeah, you can play Kevin Durant, but, like, is he going to help the team or is he going to just not be – the presence that the Warriors need because they've been destroyed offensively on the off- on the defensive end all series. Like, do you not want to put another liability into the game, right? Yeah, I, I honestly think that Bogut and Looney have been better than Cousins. And I oh, think the only, the only reason Cousins is playing is kind of because of the name and because of the pedigree. But if we're looking at performances, I, I thought Bogut was really good for them in, in game three. He played good defense, made some uncontested shots at the rim. Yep. Cousins has been horrible. I mean, he had he had I think three or four turnovers in the first few minutes of uh, of game four. He's like you said, he's been unplayable. He's been awful. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what's you know what's nuts? This is a four time All Star, two time All NBA, and a 2010-2011 All Rookie. This guy, I remember when he first came over to the Warriors, everyone was like, "Oh, this broke the NBA. This broke the NBA. This should not be happening." And it's like the wildest thing. But he's been the most ins- insignificant player. Yeah, and speaking of contracts, speaking of contracts, he's a free agent this summer, and yeah. he'll probably he'll be expecting the max. I, oh, I mean, come on. you have is to be he, you have to be crazy to give this guy the max. Wait, is he though? Well, based on his history, hope, based on his past not. and his personality, you, I I would think that he is. But I mean, unless you're like the Knicks, who are led by you know a group of clowns, I I, I don't see who could give him any money. That's Chicago, the thing, dude. That's the thing, though, guys. It is kind of remarkable how many clowns there are in the NBA that are going to throw money at these players. Like, keep yeah. in mind, there, there are guys who gave $20 million to Alan Crabb at AAV, you know? Like, they're gonna, there's going to be a team out there. There's going to be one GM, that, that stupid GM, who's going to be like, DeMarcus Cousins? Yeah, that boy's a max player. Kevin Durant, torn ACL, torn Achilles, whatever. He's a max player. There's always going to be that, you know? Um, and Dwayne Wade, that should have been retired, given $24 million. Why not? Yeah, like, that's Shut the thing. If, <laughs> if, like, if you got clout in this game, you're going to get paid because there's going to be some dude who's never had any experience as a GM but was a coach for 10 championship teams that's going to give this guy some money. <laughs> but I mean, don't kill me. Don't fuck, don't but, kill me. Yeah, but let's let's kind of move on to Game Five, and hopefully there won't be a Game Six or Seven. Um, so, how do the Raptors close this one out? And you can kind of tell the blueprint all, is already there, mm-hmm. but now obviously maybe Kevin Durant's going to come in. So, how are the Raptors going to win this one on their home floor? Kevin, let's start off with you. Just continue the way you are right now. Just stay disciplined. Don't, remember where you're at right now. Don't get ahead. Don't think about the championship parade. Don't think about the next game. Nothing like that. Just remember, take this game and just try to win it. That's it. Like, they have to cancel all the noise out. You know, Toronto as a city right now is so hyped. The police released a statement saying that we're ready for um, uh, win at home. Things like that. They're, uh, so it's all planned. But don't don't look into that. Just go in there. Conduct business as you usually do. Even if KD comes back. Don't let that affect you. Just go out there, hit the uh, run plays as is drawn out, play the defense as coach, coach calls it, and shut down DeMarcus Cousins again. Let Curry go off. Who cares? Shut down Clay. Shut down KD. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think the Warriors, just how they looked after game four, like they just looked defeated. Yeah. And I, like I'm, I'm big on like the mental side of the game. Like you look at Demarcus Cousins, for example, and I brought this up to you, Kev. Like whenever we're like sliding into each other's DMs, I'm like, dude, the Always. guy's body language is horrible. 
Like, how how are you going to, like, you're supposed to be one of the team's best players, and you have that sort of body language. And say a role player like Quinn Cook looks at you and he's like, oh, shit, like, he looks Mm -hmm. defeated. What are we going to do, right? So it's just, like, they just seem defeated, which is why the Raptors just have to come out in game five, be aggressive, whether Kevin Durant's in there or not. Be aggressive right out the gate. You're in front of your home crowd. They're going to be behind you like crazy. The noise is going to be insane in game five. Like Jurassic Park's going to be nuts. The arena's going to be nuts. Everything is in your favor right now, no matter what's the status of Kevin Durant for tomorrow. Be aggressive out the gate. Put put their, your foot on the throat and just keep it there for 48 minutes. Ogie, what do the Raptors have to do? What are the keys to tomorrow's game? Give me like three keys for tomorrow's game. Okay, key number one, the old adage is that closeout games are the hardest games. And I think that this isn't really about X's and O's anymore. Th- this is now mental. Because when you're up 3-1, when everything's been going right, when you're a game away from your franchise's first ever NBA title, that's when things could start to get tight. That's when you, you know, shots that you normally take, you may start to hesitate on. That's where, you know, your defensive coverages that have been spot on may start to fade a little bit and the mis- mistakes start may start to seep in. So I just need focus. I just need mental focus. And honestly, with this team, I think they're, they're going to do it. I think they're capable of it. They've shown so much poise. Uh, we all know that Kawhi Leonard is a robot, so we know that he's not affected by anything. But I think even Marcus Saul, with all of his playoff experience, uh, Danny Green, obviously, Ibaka's had finals experience with the Thunder. These guys have been here before, and, and they've shown that they're ready for the stage. The stage isn't too big for, the, uh, big for them. And I have full confidence in their ability to come out only focus on this game, not think about what's going to come afterwards. I think they set the tone uh, in that regard after game four. Kevin mentioned it earlier where they weren't even celebrating, they weren't even smiling. It was all business, and I hope that that carries on, mm-hmm. uh, carries on into game five. In terms of on the court, um, I, think, I think Danny Green kind of needs to be on a, on a tighter leash here. Um, you can't afford to go 0 for 7 in the first half. You know, he, he's a good shooter, but like I said earlier, when, when the ball is moving when you're getting open looks and you're missing them repeatedly, it, it then has an impact on the other end of the floor in terms of giving the Warriors transition buckets. So I think have him on somewhat of a tighter leash. Bring on Fred. He's been hitting his shots. That's the second adjustment that I, uh, that I would kind of look to make. And Nurse did that uh, in the second half of Game 4. Uh, last but not least, look, expect a bigger effort from the Warriors. You know, whether or not Durant comes back or not, expect a bigger effort. I don't think Curry will be as bad as he was in Game 4. He may not be as good as he was in Game 3, but expect a bigger effort. Um, defense wins games. Defense is going to win you this. So if shots aren't falling, maintain your defensive coverages. And boys, the Raptors are going to have their first title. We're a game away. Oh, dude, I, We're four I, I quarters re- away. Dude, I really hope so. Like, we've been, like, Ogie, you and I have been through so much of this Raptors team. Like, we were we were babied by oh. LeBron James for, like, four years. Joey Graham was supposed to be our franchise player at one point. Um, everybody left us consistently. Like, we've been through some shit. We deserve this more than anything. Like, it's me, you, and Kyle Lowry. Like, nobody else deserves this as much. But, Whoa! Dude, Kyle Lowry deserves this. Like he he's been, this. dude, but he like, does. What about the rest of the Raptors? No, they do. But it's just so special seeing Kyle Lowry. Like he's been here for so long. This guy's been like the heart and soul of this team. Like you see Kawhi Leonard, he's just still calling. Like this is the quarterback of this team. And like it's just like you, 
you want this for a guy like Kyle because of everything he's been through. Like, this is his 13th season. Like, I want Kyle Lowry to win this. And you can just, like, I'm, I'm going to say this until the day I die. Kyle Lowry is one of the most under, like, underrated, most misunderstood players. Like, you watch game four. Like, obviously, Ka- Kawhi Leonard was insane. Serge Ibaka looked like Will Chamberlain for that entire second half. But yeah. Kyle Lowry turned aggressive in that second half. And that was yeah. so huge. Like, he didn't shoot the ball well. But no. whenever the Raptors were kind of like a pickle yeah. on the yeah. offensive end, and they had nothing going on, absolutely nothing. Kyle yeah. Lowry just makes some spectacular plays, some spectacular pass, and the Raptors get an easy basket. And that just gut punch after gut punch to the Warriors, and you can just see it built. And, like, the big thing with Game 5, like, we've seen with Danny Green, like, Game 1, you shot the ball well. Game 2, not so well. Game 3, really well. Game 4, not so well. So he's kind of, I'm, like, I'm just going to guess that he's kind of due for a big game in Game 5. And the times we've seen him shoot the ball well was whenever Kyle Lowry's aggressive. Like, Kyle Lowry wasn't that aggressive coming out of the gate in Game 4. The times when Danny Green, Danny Green still had really clean looks, a lot of open shots that he had to make, but... Like overall, whenever Kyle Lowry's aggressive and pushing the tempo, Danny Green's usually wide open in the corner. And that's when Danny Green makes those shots. And we saw that in game in game four in the second half. He made a couple of three pointers when he was just wide open in the corner. That's what the Raptors need. Kyle Lowry, if Kyle Lowry's aggressive, have him run the offense, have Mark Gasol run a little bit of the offense in the in the in, right at the beginning. And that's gonna create shots because Kawhi Leonard's gonna get his eventually, right? And it's, and honestly, like just watching how the Warriors have been defending Kawhi Leonard over this entire series just blows my mind because they were so good in game one in games one to three, and then in game four they just kind of stopped double teaming him for the most part to like hone in on other shooters and Kawhi Leonard just completely dominates him. Like, what are you like? If I'm the Warriors, what are you doing? Just stick to the game plan, like force guys like Marcus Gasol and Danny Green to beat you don't force a guy like Ka- Kawhi Le- Leonard to just completely dissect you that's what he did like in the second half the game just looked like a complete joke because game in the third quarter the Raptors got into the bonus with like five minutes left and Kawhi Leonard is literally one of the strongest dudes in the game like he doesn't really flop because he's so strong he can just drive right in and you have no choice but to just slap the dude, and he goes to the free throw line. Like after that, it was just barbecue chicken. And like watching the game, I'm watching the game, and like I love Alfonso McKinney. He's a great Raptors Raptors G leaguer, <laughs> an all time great. But how on God's green earth are you putting Alfonso McKinney on Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, like and I'm just that, yeah. I'm, Dude, I'm just picturing Kawhi Leonard whenever he sees Alfonso McKinney on him, and he's just like in his in his head, he just kind of whispers, he's, like, buckets. Yeah. he's just like buckets, you know, like, <laughs> buckets like, lamp. <laughs> like that's 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 baby food right there. Like he gets destroyed. Like Kyle Lowry just like literally almost took out McKinney's ankles in in Game Four. Like like I'm all for McKinney succeeding in the game because he's a great Raptors G leaguer. But like McKinney, Jarebko. All these guys, like, they're just becoming unplayable. And even when – that's the thing. Kevin Durant might come back, but it's just going to take such a huge effort from Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry to win this on the road because mm-hmm. I don't believe in Cousins. He doesn't just doesn't look like he got it. No. I don't really believe in Draymond Green because he's been shut down for pretty much his entire game, this entire series, and the Raptors are just daring him to take three-pointers. Andre Iguodala 
has been horrible. Like Steph Curry says that keeping him wide open at the end of the, of the fourth quarter was disrespectful. Guys, you're keeping every single Raptor shooter open for the entire series and they're killing you. Right? So I I just don't know how the Warriors are going to pull this out even if Kevin Durant comes in. But yeah, guys, like And from and from off. one thing one thing Todd from Kawhi's perspective, I love to see this because do you guys remember when he got injured? And when yeah. Zaza undercut him and that you know, he had that terrible ankle injury and that kind of led to more injuries. Yeah. This kind of seems like payback, doesn't it? Here Kawhi mm-hmm. is averaging 30 points a game in the finals, hopefully mm-hmm. about to put an end to this, to this yeah. Warriors three-peat, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. So as we kind of start to wrap this one up, let's kind of go with some X factors going into going into game five let's go x factor for the warriors what the warriors need to win but hopefully he won't play well and what the raptor who's the x factor for the raptors and what they need from him to win this game so kevin let's start off with you who's the x factor for the warriors who's the x factor for the raptors the the x factor for the warriors um i'm gonna have to take the most obvious route it would be if there was a healthy kd if there was a healthy kd i think a win for the warriors is highly likely and X Factor for the Raptors, um, because of the sh- kind of like shoddy uh, off uh, play by Danny Green on Game Four, I'm gonna go with Danny Green. I think he needs to come off uh, at the beginning, uh, start hitting some shots, get hot, and uh, you know what? He plays incredible defense as well as a guard. So I think he's the X, X Factor of Raptors. Ogie, what you got? Okay, so I think for the Warriors, it's 100% Draymond Green. Uh, I think he's been their X Factor this whole series. They swept Portland and looked so dominant against Portland, mainly because of Draymond Green. He dominated that game and uh, that, that whole series on both ends of the court. Uh, he hasn't been able to figure it out against the Raptors. And, you know, credit that to the scheme, credit that to uh, defense that Siakam and others have, have put on him. I think he needs to have a big game. He needs to do a better job of dictating. He needs to keep his, maintain his composure as well. Um, on, on the Raptors' side, I, I think it's interesting because I don't think they have one X-Factor. I mean, in, in Game 3, it was kind of Danny Green. In Game 4, it was Serge Ibaka. You just need one of those role players to have a big game. And, it, and it's, it, again, it's not necessarily one player that you could point to. They, you know what you're going to get from Kawhi, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's a reg- he's the I think he's the quietest like volume scorer that I've, that I've ever seen in the NBA. I mean, I, I had no idea... He had 36 points last game until I looked at the uh, box score afterwards. So you know what you're going to get out of him. You kind of know what you're going to get out of Siakam. You know, he's going to do his thing. He's going to uh, get on the glass, look for his matchups in the post. So I don't think there's necessarily one player. Look, could be Danny Green, could be Ibaka, could be Van Fleet. You just kind of mm-hmm. need one of those role player bench guys to step up. Mm-hmm. Completely, I completely agree with both of you guys. And I was going to say Kevin Durant as the X Factor, obviously. Um Draymond Green's also a really good a good choice because we've seen the one time that the Warriors really dominated the series was when Draymond Green just really let loose. So just to be a little different, um, let's go with DeMarcus Cousins because like the dude's been unplayable and we just know what he's able to do if he just puts together like a good 20-minute stretch. Because that's an extra offensive threat that the Raptors have to worry about. And DeMarcus Cousins is one of the best passing big men in the NBA. So if everything starts to kind of roll for him, I think he could be an X factor. On the Raptors side, I was I was kind of like in like Kevin, I was also thinking Danny Green, because especially in a game in Toronto, a closeout game, having him make like a couple of big three pointers in the first quarter would just be so huge for the momentum and just to put pressure on the Warriors. And 
obviously, like I think I, I I'm I went with Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol as the X factors going into Game Three, and I think that's still important. But I'm not gonna go with a player for this. I'm just gonna go with. I think the Raptors, I don't care who it is, but the Raptors have to get on the defensive board. That's going to be the X factor because the Raptors have been able to shut down the Warriors defensively. The one time they struggle defensively is when the Warriors just dominate the offensive glass because in the Raptor de- second, like the Raptor defense just kind of collapses and the Warriors have those open, clean looks. And that, those are back, just complete backbreakers. Like Steph Curry gets a free open shot. Like guys get open looks. The Raptors have to be aggressive on the, on the glass, especially on the defensive end. You've got to close out every single defensive uh, possession with a rebound. Don't let the Warriors get on the glass. They're the smaller team. Don't let Alfonso McKinney get the boards. Don't let Andrew Bogut get the boards. You got to close out defensive possessions. And Rich, so. Rich, I re- I really like that point, and that reminds me, uh, the Raptors actually went to a Gasol and Ibaka look uh, at one mm. stage at one stage in Game Four when they were struggling yeah. with rebounds. And it, you know, from a matchup perspective, it it may not be ideal because whether or not they have you know Looney and Green or, or Cousins and Green, mm-hmm. the matchups again may not may not fit perfectly. But I think. Nurse recognized that they were getting killed on the glass, that the uh, Warriors were getting to loose balls. And I really like that too big look. So, I mean, mm-hmm. perhaps, you know, for look, sure. look for that. Look for that in game five mm-hmm. again. For sure. And I didn't really touch too much on Serge Ibaka yet, just personally. And I think it's just, you got to tip your cap to Serge Ibaka because the first half oh, he of the was series, awesome. he just looked horrible. But then in, in, game, in game three in the second half and then game, two, game four, insane. Like it's it's honestly kind of remarkable what kind of like physical specimen this dude is. Just like when you watch him, sometimes he just looks completely out of place. But when he's like on and the shots falling and everything's good, and he's like energized, like this dude is a honestly an athletic freak of nature. Mm-hmm. And to have that coming off your bench is just so so important. So let's hope the Raptors close this one out. But as always, before we finish. We got bucket of the week. Kevin, take us home, man. All right. So let me paint a picture for you guys. So it's game three. We're in the Oracle Center. There's 10 minutes, 37 seconds left. Quinn Cook is driving to the basket. Raptors are up 96-86. Serge Ibaka follows through, blocks a shot from behind. It goes out of bounds. It's starting to go out of bounds. And Kyle Lowry, being the bulldog that he is, dives into the stand, trying to make a hustle play, save, save the ball. Get the offense going, you know, start a fast break. But he wasn't able to do it. And what happens? An older gentleman who's sitting up at the front starts pushing him and starts saying, go F yourself. Go F yourself. Multiple times. Uh, The security comes, kicks him out. Later, we figure out this is Mark Stevens. Apparently, he's called an investor, but realistically, we know he's a part owner of the team. He's worth $2.3 billion. But... NBA, for some reason, decides to slap him on the wrist with a one-year ban and a $500,000 fine. This guy's worth $2.3 billion. This guy's easily the bucket of the week. You have to understand. Take everything from him. Yeah, dude. No, 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 I wouldn't go that far. But you have to understand, oh. the price of sitting up front in the front row is that there is a chance that you will be part of a play. Because these guys are out there. This is the NBA Finals. They're going to grind it out. They will dive into the stands. They will try to save the ball. If you're going to sit up there, that's what's going to happen. If not, go sit up in a suite. That's what, that, that's what you have to do. Like He's easily the bucket of the week. What a yeah. idiot. 
Dude, and like I was on um Adam Corsair's pod o- earlier in the week on the South of the Six podcast, and honestly, mm-hmm. like I just said, like this dude should just f- just fuck you, man. Like, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing? Like, you're an owner. You're representing the NBA. You're yeah. representing the team. You just embarrassed the team. Like, that's a dark mark on the team. Like, just. And I, I gotta, yeah, I, I gotta interject, boys, and I gotta, yeah, I gotta yeah. give, Kyle, I gotta give Kyle Lowry so much credit. Oh yeah. Because oh yeah. The composure yes. that he had there, and I, I can't think of too many NBA players, you know, especially considering it's the finals and how mm-hmm. intense and and heated the moment is. I, I think a lot of guys would have, at the at the very least, like shoved him mm-hmm. back, or got into his face, or mm-hmm. you know, instigated the the issue further. Lowry kind of stood back and let security take care of it. Yes. He showed that he's a true professional, and all you know, all mm-hmm. credit goes to him for that. Mm-hmm. And like Kevin said, like you're in the front row, and I'm sure this isn't his first game. This isn't his first rodeo. Like he understands guys jump into the st- in, into the fa- into the stands. They jump to save those loose balls. Like what are you doing? He didn't even like jump into him, you know. And it's funny because if Kyle Lowry just pushed him on the street, Kyle Lowry would be, would be comp- just arrested on the spot. This yeah. guy pushes him. Nothing just gets taken out. But you know what the funny thing is? This guy is a part owner of a team, and he mm-hmm. gets kicked out of that building by security. That dude's a bum ass, certified but, bum ass. But here's the here's the question: because the Oracle is closing <laughs> at the end mm. of this year, and the Warriors oh. are going to be moving to another, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what happens then? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's banned from the Oracle, but there, but there's not going to be anything going on at the Oracle next year. Oh, <laughs> they better, dude. They better there's. Get, they better get to the end of that and make sure. Dude, they- there's there's not going to be anything going on at the Oracle for the rem- uh, for the remainder of this year either because the Ooh. Raptors are going to take this boy. Let's go, I, I feel it in my bones, man. Uh, Ogie, I can't wait to see you tomorrow. I'm going down there at noon. I am so pumped. I'm like ready to go. I'm actually driving to like square one in a few minutes to get like a massive We The North flag. So hopefully I can find that. But like tomorrow is going to be crazy. Hopefully we see a lot of people um down there supporting the raptors i don't really know what i'm talking about anymore so probably this is a really good time to close this one out i picked the raptors in six going into the series but let's fucking close this one out in five oh, yeah let's celebrate fun times ahead until next time boys <laughs>